it felt like going back into the womb to be in her office. <laughs> That's so interesting. I actually had never quite thought about it like that. It just occurred to me now as I'm recording this. That's how it felt. To walk into a room felt like walking back into the womb where we are unconditionally supported, right? And so obviously I loved being there. I loved going to therapy. I went once a week religiously, sometimes twice a week if I was having a hard time. And she was extremely accommodating and welcoming. And then when we did get a little too close to some raw wounds for myself, inside myself, I would sort of pull back, miss a few appointments, right? You know the drill. <laughs> Welcome to Your Brain on Trauma, where we share science-based tools to heal from childhood traumas so you can let go of patterns that might be holding you back, have better relationships, and pass on a legacy that you're proud of. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. I'm a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, a trauma recovery coach, and a survivor myself. I'm super honored to have you here. I've got so much to share with you. Let's dive in. Well, hello. How are you, my dear friend, my pod squad? How are you doing today? Whether you are listening while folding laundry or making dinner, or driving, or taking a walk, or in between meetings at work. <laughs> However we got to connect today, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful to you for making time for your own healing, because I really do think healed individuals create a ripple effect. And relationships and families and communities and cultures and future generations and the world is healed by that first pebble that is individuals like you that are determined and committed to healing and living your best life. So thank you. Thank you for this time and for your support and for your presence. So today I wanted to talk to you about the downside of unconditional support. Most of us have only been exposed to and read about the upside of unconditional support. It sounds so warm and fuzzy. It sounds like the ideal. And as much as I am a huge fan of creating safety in relationships, I'm not a fan of unconditional support. I'll say that again. I am a fan of unconditional safety, but I'm not a fan of unconditional support. And I'm going to tell you why with a personal story that will help illustrate that as well. But before I jump into the episode, I want to share with you that the retreat, the in-person retreat that we had originally planned for February we had so much demand that we decided to move it to online retreat. It's still be live. It's going to be live with me over two days online so that more people can take part in it from all over the world. They don't have to travel. 
there's not a limited number of seats, right? So we have moved it online, which means that we can also make it much cheaper. Because again, that is in line with my personal mission of sharing these life-changing tools with as many people as possible. So you can share it with your loved ones, with your community, and with your world, right? So um, the details for the online live retreat that is also happening in February, the link with all the details is in the show notes. It's really cheap right now. And every few days, we're going to be increasing the price a little bit because I want to allow people who don't have the means to uh, pay thousands of dollars for something. I want you to have first tips. So if that's you, go check out the link. And if it calls to you, come join us. It will change your life. I promise. All right. So with that, let's talk about unconditional safety versus unconditional support. Okay. I'm going to start with a little um, story, a little personal experience that really brought this home for me in my own life. Many, many years ago, I'm in my mid-40s right now. When I was in my mid-30s, early to mid-30s, I was really struggling, right? Many of you know my story. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I really was messed up. I say that I was emotionally constipated, right? Because <laughs> I was straining so hard, trying so hard to be better. But it was like I would take two steps forward and one step back. Sometimes it'd be two steps forward and three steps back. Felt like I was caught in some sort of, you know, mirror house, house of mirrors, right? It looked like I was making progress. I sure was trying. There was a lot of activity, but it felt maddening and confusing, crazy making actually. So that's where I was in my early to mid thirties, really starting to be aware that I was the common denominator for how I experienced relationships. I was starting to get that but I didn't know how to go from there to healing my inner world, feeling into my own personal power and bringing that to my relationships. That part I had not figured out yet. So that's where I was. And I was in therapy. I was in therapy and I had a wonderful therapist. Okay. She was a psychiatrist and was the warmest loveliest, kindest, gentlest, most supportive presence. It felt like going back into the womb to be in her office. That's so interesting. I actually had never quite thought about it like that. It just occurred to me now as I'm recording this, that's how it felt. To walk into a room felt like walking back into the womb where we are unconditionally supported, right? And so obviously, I loved being there. I loved going to therapy. I went once a week, religiously, sometimes twice a week, if I was having a hard time. And she was extremely accommodating and welcoming. And then when we did get a little too close to some raw wounds for myself, inside myself, I would sort of pull back, miss a few appointments, right? You know the drill. 
We all have our ways of protecting ourselves. And that's not bad. It's not necessarily bad. It's just what we do. And it helped us, right? It saved us. It helped us get through life for a long time. So it's not a bad thing. But it wasn't serving me anymore. However, I didn't know what else to do. That was the only thing I knew to do. And I did it unconsciously. I wasn't saying to myself, oh, this is getting too close for comfort. I'm going to miss a few appointments. It was more like, whoa, man, I felt sick and I got busy in residency and I had visitors and all seemed like truly legitimate reasons at the time. But looking back, this would happen over and over. And it was a pattern, right? Any one time, it was not a problem. Any one time, it really could have been the circumstances. But when it happens over and over, so in any case, I loved this therapist. I loved the office. I loved the feeling of being in her office with her. I felt unconditionally supported. And you would think that that was a wonderful thing. I did. At that time, I certainly thought that that was the ideal, right? The problem is, when I was there inside the office, I would be so chill and relaxed. My nervous system, there is something, and I'm going to talk to you guys and, and show you guys and share more about what we call the window of tolerance inside your nervous system, okay? We all have a window of tolerance. When we are too low, almost in the base of the window of tolerance, on the floor of the window of tolerance, we actually will not be sufficiently activated in order to make new pathways, new learning, and growth. Growth cannot happen when we are that relaxed, so much so that we are on the bottom of the window of tolerance, which is what was happening for me in my therapy sessions. How that showed up in my life was I would go into therapy and I would basically not even remember if I had any issues to bring up. I just say, oh, um, yeah, it's been okay. I don't know. It's been fine. I feel like I struggled a few times, but I can't quite remember. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm actually feeling really fine right now. And I was being honest. I wasn't resisting or you know, deflecting. In that moment, my nervous system was too chill. And you need some sympathetic activation for new learning to occur. I didn't know that back then. But I did recognize, and I even said to my therapist at one point, I don't know why, but I do struggle in between our appointments. I still feel overwhelmed sometimes and reactive. But when I'm here with you, I, I just feel okay. I feel fine. And I didn't know what to make of that. On the one hand, it sounded so good. But after many, many years of doing this work, and then many, many years later, beginning to help other people, after I myself became a psychiatrist and then went on my own journey of healing and brought together my own framework for what I think is the most efficient way for permanent healing. After all of those experiences over the next 10 years, I came to understand 
why this was my experience with my therapist at that time. It was because there was unconditional support, but there was no challenge. Okay? And when there is no challenge, and challenge can only happen when that container, what I call the healing container, has to be so sacred and so safe and so honest and so full of integrity that we can gently also challenge the stories that we have and the perspectives that we have and the protective posturing or the collapsing that we all tend to do in order to protect our inner wounds or run away from having to look at them, right? We all have these patterns, but if we have enough of safety, sacredness, and integrity in the healing container, notice it's not unconditional support, it's unconditional safety and integrity, then you also can and should add some challenge. Just enough for the client to have their nervous system be in the middle or in the upper third of their window of tolerance. Notice that they're still in the window of tolerance, which means they're still able to stay present and not be triggered. But they are in the middle or in the upper third, which means that their nervous system is activated just enough for them to have new insights and new possibilities and new nervous system pathways, which is what neuroplasticity is, which is where resilience comes from, okay? This is something that a lot of coaches and therapists do not understand. Something that I teach my coaches over and over is how to hold the healing container in such a sacred, calm, confident, integrity-filled safe way and then add just drops of challenge that brings the client to new insights and new ways of thinking, feeling, being in their body and relating to the world around them. You need both, okay? Unconditional safety and drops of challenge that then has the client be in the sweet spot in their window of tolerance. Now, how do we know that somebody's in the window of tolerance? That's a whole nother topic, whole nother topic. But I teach that to my coaches so they can recognize where the client is in the window of tolerance and calibrate that so that the client has the most healing and growth possible in each session while being held so tenderly and so safely. So what I want to offer to you is, maybe you're on therapy, maybe you have a coach, I don't know. If you do, you need to ask yourself, am I doing things differently in between sessions? That's the only way that you know learning has happened. Learning has happened when you act differently in the same situation than you did before. It's not just about learning something new or having a new insight or aha moments. It's got to translate to you acting differently in the same situation. If that is not happening, you may be 
just being validated and unconditionally supported, which is wonderful and warm and cozy, but it's not going to change your life. Okay? So that's what I want to leave you with. You have so much potential. Your nervous system has so much longing for growth and complete healing, and it is possible for you. But it's actually often different than conventional therapy or conventional coaching tends to approach it as, which is why many of us are in in and out of therapy for like decades. So take this into your own life, your parenting, your relationships, your own therapy, your own coaching, your own self-healing, and ask yourself, is there a sacred, completely integrity-filled, steady, confident container that I can lean into? And is there also enough challenge? How will you know if your behavior is different in the same situation in between sessions? Okay? So with that, I want to tell you that I love you. I'm grateful that you are in my world and I'm in yours. Thank you for spending some time with me. And if you found this episode helpful, give us a review. That is gold in the podcast world because it just, it allows other people to find the podcast. So I would so appreciate it if you take just a couple of minutes and give us a review if you found this helpful. Big hugs to you and talk to you in a few days. Bye-bye. Hi, my friend. If you found this episode helpful, come join us in our free Facebook group called Your Brain on Trauma. The link is in the show notes and there is a whole community there of women just like you who are on this sacred healing journey. We cannot heal in isolation. We need community. And that's what we have in our free Facebook group. I'll see you there.